Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat Now. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day to you, too. Okay, there's tons going on here here at home. Gas prices continue to be key. Mm-hmm. Top of mind. A line. key story. There's lots of pressure on the Horgan government here mm-hmm. to do something about gas prices. Right next door in Alberta, Jason Kenney slashing gas taxes liberals calling for something government to do something although you saw similar. what happened in lethbridge so uh, kenny slashes prices by 13 cents a liter which is the, the only tax alberta has yeah is is that one tax other taxes are federal and then some lethbridge gas stations immediately hiked the price by 13 cents a liter just to fill the fill the gap so that's one of the points mike farnworth makes is that you can if you cut taxes the company's just going to rush in and fill that vacuum well, let's listen to Farnworth on that precise point. So here's the Solicitor General here. He's asked about, will BC match Alberta cut gas taxes? Listen to what he says here, Mike Farnworth. The only planned increase is the one cent a litre on April 1st. And one of the challenges on the that taxation side, as a number of uh, economists and fuel uh, experts have indicated, that uh, there's no guarantee that the price stays down and that the fuel companies don't just jack the price up to take uh, to take advantage of the uh, of the margin that you may have created. Okay, so basically saying that, well, these big greedy oil companies will just jack the price up anyhow. Well, that's what happened in Lethbridge. But we're, uh, it's yeah. interesting to see what happens in Alberta. I mean, that's just Lethbridge. We haven't seen any evidence of that happening in Calgary or Edmonton. But I think uh, B.C. government officials are going to be watching what happens in Alberta. Uh, will the companies increase uh, the price by 13 cents that Jason Kennedy's subtracted in terms of taxation? I still get the sense, Mike, you know, yesterday's question period, finally question period, back to life, back to relevance, yeah. you know, and the liberals are on the attack and they've got a good issue here. It's a very populous issue. People are hurting uh, in the wallets right now. Inflation's up. Food prices are up. Supply chain issues are affecting prices. Then you throw in $2 a liter at the pump. Yeah. When people And set to go even higher, probably. Probably go higher. Yeah. Home heating costs are going up. I think the stage is being set for the NDP government to give something back. I don't think they're going to cut the taxes at the pump. I think that's a little more complicated. But we've seen this NDP government and previous governments give rebate checks out on various issues. Uh, we've seen ICBC give rebate checks out. Oh, I think rebate. we're going gonna... ICBC is awash in profits yep. right now. They're making billions in profits after they went to no-fault insurance. Yeah, you had Rick McCandless on uh, yesterday, his uh, expert on ICBC matters. He, his uh, calculation is they could afford easily afford $125 rebate per policyholder this year and even more next year. And yeah. I think uh, you, on top of that, I think you can make the argument, uh, and I think the NDP will buy into this, uh, to give a, some sort of relief to, to consumer households at okay. a time of rising prices. On the other hand, though, you had Nicholas Jimenez, who is the president of ICBC, come out and say, well, no, we're not planning to do a rebate. We need this money for our capital reserves. Like any big insurance company has to keep mm-hmm. lots of money on hand just in case to pay out claims and that kind of thing. So he says, look, we, we need to build up our reserves here, so no refund. But could the government step in there, Bigfoot him, and tell him to give a, give a refund? 
It could. I think they'd be reluctant to, to order Jimenez around. I mean, it's interesting. He's survived two two governments here, yeah. uh, and he's turned ICBC around. I mean, ICBC was the dumpster fire. Now it is, a, as you say, a wash of money. But again, McCandless's analysis is they've got more than enough in reserve. They've got more than $4 billion in reserve, and that's going to keep going yeah. up. There is money there to give back to uh, policyholders. But I, I do think you're going to see some sort of relief for, for British Columbians in some manner. I don't think it's going to be a tax break. I think it's going to be a rebate check. Okay, speaking of uh, Jason Kenney next door in Alberta, it was really interesting this week now to see U.S. President Joe Biden announce that America will now ban mm -hmm. Russian oil imports. There had been a lot of pressure on Biden to do that, and now he's done it. So he's banned Russian oil imports. So has Canada. Now, Justin Trudeau was in Europe this week sort of hinting or suggesting that maybe he could help out Europe with some of their energy problems. We want to choke off Russia. This mm -hmm. is how Putin is funding this war, right, with all those petrodollars. Yep. So the argument here is, all right, let's ban Russian oil. How do you replace it? Alberta oil. Like, let's sell more <laughs> Alberta oil to the world. Now, have a listen to this. So this is Jason Kenney making that point, saying, look, look, let's build pipelines. Let's ship more Alberta oil around the world. Have a listen. States is serious about this. They could come back to the table and help us build Keystone XL. Uh, you know, if President Biden had not vetoed that project, it would be done later this year. It's 840,000 barrels of democratic energy that could have displaced the 600,000 plus barrels of Russian conflict oil that's filled with the blood of Ukrainians. Okay, conflict oil. Versus, de now. versus democratic oil. Yeah. I hadn't heard that uh, distinction before. Well, he's got a point, though, doesn't he? Sure. I and, mean, and got, it's a, he's, a he's point he's going to keep making over and over again. He's uh, he's desperately trying to stage a political comeback. That gas tax reductions all all politics, but he's right to play this card. This is music to Albertans' ears. I mean, yeah. Albertan has uh, strong support for the Keystone uh, pipeline, and now Biden has opened up. Uh, you know, he he opposed Keystone, but he's he's exposed himself on that issue now by cu cutting off Russian oil. Right, and now Biden is saying, well, maybe we'll go get some oil from Saudi Arabia or Venezuela. Or Iraq, like all these corrupt yeah. uh, countries and governments that have got no uh, respect for human rights. And Kenny is saying this is insane. Like, we want to take our oil Kenny, instead. Kenny may have found an issue that uh, will finally allow him to s sort of stage a bit of a comeback in Alberta. Yeah. I think I think this plays better than the than the gas tax reduction, which I think is a little more politically crass. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of uh, other politics on the federal front, now I'm really interested in the federal conservative leadership process here. Now it's going to get very interesting. Yeah, because you've got Pierre Poliev. The uh, finance critic, he's been a guest here on the show, real pit bull, real fire breather, right? Kind of more conservative, populist. Oh, definitely, definitely more right wing. Right wing. And now you've got Jean Charest, mm -hmm. former conservative finance minister, or former conservative cabinet minister, former liberal premier of Quebec. He's set to announce tomorrow that he's going in. Is this, this is like a battle? For the soul, heart, and soul mm -hmm. of the conservative, and the party. direction of the of the conservative party, do they go? Do they swing to the right with Poliev, or do they attack to the center with Sheree? Sheree's, you know, he'll he'll go after the red Tory vote, uh, the red Tory members of the caucus who have been, I think, supplanted and replaced by the sort of the old reformers, the old hard right uh, members of the party. There's, it, it's all about party members. I think they've got until June fifth to sign up members. 
Uh, you have to put $200,000 down if you want to be a leadership candidate. So look for Sheree, perhaps Patrick Brown, the former oh. leader of the Ontario Provincial Conservatives, uh, who's back and now the mayor of Brampton. Um, and they've got Leslin Lewis, the MP, who uh, finished a surprisingly strong third place in the last uh, uh, leadership race uh, again the social conservative candidate so it's it's very much going to be an ideological battle in that party okay patrick brown this is really interesting so the former leader of the ontario conservatives as you mentioned and he was accused of sexual misconduct a few years ago by ctv in who's his now story retracted, there who now settled out of court with him he sued for 8 million dollars uh, they settled with them and then withdrawn their uh, their repercussions. Well, they, they've now put out a statement saying that they've I think they've retracted a lot of it. They said there mis there were mistakes in the story. They regret the damage that they caused to mm -hmm. this guy. There was no disclosure and how if any money changed hands. But you got to oh, figure. I would think so a lot money, of money changed hands here. Yeah, he sued them up the yin yang for millions. Yeah. So now, okay, let's go back a few years when that story first broke. He absolutely categorically denied that. He had been guilty of the sexual misconduct. CTV then changed their stories at one point. Mm -hmm. You had unnamed complainants. They got the date, they got the ages wrong. They reported that one of these women was underage. Then they said, oh, she, she misremembered her age. She was actually of legal age. She was 19. Anyway, here's Patrick Brown. Now, here he is talking to Global News four years ago, denying the whole thing. Have a listen. I can't tell you how difficult the uh, emotional toll has been on, uh, on myself, on my family, on my friends. Um, to uh, be maligned on national television uh, by uh, absolute lies. Okay, so that's four years ago when it looked like he was done. His career was over. Now here is he's won basically won his lawsuit against CTV, and now he could be running for the leadership of the federal conservative party. What kind of yeah. impact could he have? Uh, oh, I think he has a significant impact. He's from Ontario, so that's there's a lot of party members in Ontario. Probably, I think there's more there than any other province. Perhaps Alberta might rival Ontario. So he's got a huge base of potential supporters there. Uh, he's going to add some some life to what's going to be, I think, a far more interesting race than the one Aaron O'Toole won. This yeah. is going to have, uh, particularly when you got someone like Jean Charest, who's going to have the support of much of the establishment in central Canada, Pierre Poliev, who's going to be have the support of the sort of hawkish right wing yeah. uh, group that seems to have taken over elements of that party. You got Patrick Brown potentially, who's um, you know mayor of Brampton, a former leader himself of a, of a political party. Sure. Uh, and Leslin Lewis, who's uh, got sort of a stranglehold on the social conservative element of that party. And the other interesting thing, too, is Patrick Brown is seen a bit of a more of a moderate conservative. Mm -hmm. If he finishes, let's say he finishes second or third, does he end, could he end up maybe endorsing Charest? Oh, you know, as we all know, I think Charest, Charest's probably very happy to see Patrick Brown go in there. Oh, yeah, he could be a, a stalking horse uh, yeah. on subsequent ballots. But again, it's um, we've seen leadership races before where the, the second or third place finisher endorsement of another candidate can be pivotal, putting yeah. that candidate over the top. Okay, that's really going to be something to watch. Here's what we'll do. We'll take a break right now, and then we'll come back. So we talked about gas prices in B.C., phone me on that now. Is it hurting you? Do you want to see the government do something about it? Cut gas taxes? Maybe a rebate check? This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. 
and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Back out Liam in Surrey. Hi, Liam. Go ahead. Hey. So in regards to the gas prices, uh, I think we really got to look at drastically cutting the tax on gas. I think we're approximately almost 80 cents in tax on the gas prices. Um, now when it comes to Canadian energy, we have the potential to be an energy independent, right? But it seems we can never get there. I definitely think we've got to expand on our infrastructure for that and sell our energy to the rest of the world. And we have to cut off... Okay. Okay, Liam, thank you for the call. So, so a reminder how the, what the taxes are. There's about uh, 54 cents a liter are provincial taxes. Yeah. A variant, so that's a 10%, a 10 cent a liter carbon tax, a 17%, a 17 cent fuel standard tax, an 18.5 cent TransLink tax, and an 8.5 provincial excise tax. That's in Metro Vancouver. That's a lot of taxes. And it's, it's, uh, less in, in, in the capital, in Vancouver Island. We don't pay a TransLink tax, obviously, we, but we do pay our own transit tax, which is 5.5 cents a liter. So it's about 12 cents less, 13 cents less than Metro. And then there's no, uh, such tax, I think, in, uh, the north and the interior. On top of that is about 19 cents a liter in federal taxes. So there is a lot of taxes yeah. in the pump. And then the GST is the, that's the, the federal, the cherry on top. Well, that's that's part of the charge on everything. That's part of the nineteen cents a liter that the that the feds uh, okay. take off. Okay, so there's room there's room for them to cut taxes, well, but they won't. Now, keep in mind, of course, the tax money goes places. It funds yeah. certain things. I mean, that that eighteen point five cents a liter pays for TransLink. Yeah. If you start taking that away, that creates a funding problem for TransLink. Uh, the other money goes into general revenue for the most part. Uh, they used to argue carbon tax was revenue, revenue neutral. Th- those days seem to be over. In fact, the carbon tax is going to go from about $2 billion in the current year to $2.3 billion in the coming year. Okay, let's go to John on the line in Vancouver. Hi, John. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, guys. I'm just wondering, um, can you find the opportunity to talk to somebody within the B.C. government to find out why it is that our health ministry and uh, health authorities have not gone anywhere as close to reducing uh, vaccine passports and, and masking capacity limits, you know, to the point where we're the only province in the country that hasn't even addressed these issues to any extent. You know, there's 600,000 British Columbians whose day-to-day lives are still being impacted by uh, uh, supposedly a passport that was brought in for some kind of protective measure that basically has now been shown across the whole breadth of the country to be basically non-needed and, and okay. basically non-effective. Thank you, John. So tomorrow we're going to get an update from Dr. Ronnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix on that issue and other issues. So the vaccine, uh, there's two issues when it comes to vaccine cards. One is you need a, a proof of vaccination to get into certain venues, such as uh, a lot of sporting events and restaurants. I think that's going to be changed tomorrow. The other one, though, is they'll, unique, be, they'll be dropped. I, I think it's going to be dropped or modified along with the mask rule uh, and other issues like uh, we haven't had ch- overnight children camps for two years. I think that's mm. going to change. We're going to we're going to go back. We're going to go back to normal in many ways. I don't think we're going to change the requirement to be vaccinated if you want to work in healthcare. And it's not six hundred thousand people. It's about one hundred and thirty thousand people. Um, 
and right now, I think as of last week, 2,300 uh, people in healthcare who had been required to be vaccinated and refused to be vaccinated have either been on leave of absence or have been terminated. Dan on the line in West Kelowna. Hi, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think we should fret too much about lowering taxes on gas. You know, gas has been going up steadily for 20 years, like more than inflation. Um, the world has been begging people to find more, you know, fuel-efficient solutions. Transit, hybrid cars, smaller cars, smaller trips, all this stuff. And some people just don't want to hear it. They want to go back to the 50s and drive mm-hmm. a big, giant V8 car down to the ice cream parlor just for kicks. And those days are over. Well, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I mean, what's the best-selling car in Canada? The Ford F-150 pickup truck is number one. People mm-hmm. are at big SUVs, and people are still buying big big vehicles. Yeah, I don't know why people are buying big SUVs, but, but again, that behavior may be curtailed when you look at what's happening at the pump right now. It's a much more expensive proposition to drive an SUV right now than it was last month. Squeeze in one more call. Chris in Surrey. Chris, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. I, th- I thought it was illegal to jack up prices during times of war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Hoarding and, and price gouging. Uh, but uh, right now there's no checks and balances on these companies to do what they want. I think if Horgan, I'll, I'll eat my hat if Horgan cuts gas taxes, but I agree with you. I think they're going to do something. I think they're going to do something. I don't think it's going to be a tax cut. I think it's going to be some sort of a rebate. rebate. I, that's, that's my gut instinct. Maybe it's an ICBC rebate. They yeah. can if they can certainly afford it. They can dress it up in any any way they want, but if it means a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks to your wallet, that's going to go over well. 